John the Baptist was called by God to go into the wilderness, to the Jordan River, the river the Israelites crossed when they entered into the Promised Land. There, John took up this mission of baptizing all those who came to him for the forgiveness of sins. But more than just this, John did the baptizing because he was announcing the coming of the kingdom of God and the coming of the Messiah. The Messiah was to be the one who would usher in this kingdom, usher in a time of peace and salvation and justice. Through this Messiah, God would restore God's people and transform the world. So with all this in mind, perhaps we can appreciate the dismay that John the Baptist expresses this morning. Perhaps we can understand why John says to Jesus, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? For John knows that this is the one about whom he had been proclaiming. Here is the one who embodies the hope and the purpose of all the baptisms and all of the preaching. This is the one who will usher in the kingdom. Here is the one who will set things right. Behind John's dismay is the question, why would Jesus lower himself to be baptized by John? Why would Jesus allow himself to be humbled in this way? Indeed, we might expect with John, that Jesus would baptize John and not the other way around. Or we might expect that the Messiah to announce that, that all the baptisms are now over, for indeed he has come. Or we might expect the Messiah to stand aloof and disengaged above the fray and mess of it all. For John is right. Jesus is the Messiah who embodies the hope and purpose of John's ministry. But John is wrong about how this Messiah will be. There is a, another issue behind John's dismay. Throughout the New Testament, you see the claim made that Jesus was without sin. On one level, this makes logical sense. If you take in, uh, into mind the other claims made about Jesus in the New Testament. For instance, assuming we accept the witness of Scripture that Jesus is both fully human and fully divine, and assuming that sin is alienation and separation from God, then how can one who is fully divine be separate from the divine? Nor, I think, should we assume that to be human means that one must, of necessity, have sin? Because then how could we ever be reconciled to God and still continue to be human? But if we accept that Jesus was without sin, this raises the other issue behind Jesus being baptized by John. For you see, 
Jesus receives the same baptism for the forgiveness of sins that all the other folks who came to John received. Jesus did not set himself apart. Jesus did not stand aloof. This is the wonder, the amazing feature of Jesus going to John to be baptized. Instead of standing aloof, instead of standing above us, instead of standing apart, the Messiah comes to be with us. Instead of being disengaged, Jesus comes to John just like any other poor schlub. He comes just like any other person whose life is tattered and worn. Jesus comes to be with us in our misery and in our need. Jesus comes to share in our brokenness and in our woundedness. Jesus comes to be with us in the chaos of our lives. With this in mind, Jesus' baptism is then the natural next step revealed in God's intentions behind the miracle of Christmas. God with us, Emmanuel. For indeed, in the, just like in the incarnation, here in the baptism, God longs to be with us, to be with the ones estranged from God and from one another. God longs to be in solidarity with us through Jesus. In Jesus, God enters fully into our condition and plight in order to deliver us and in order to save us. By humbling himself in baptism, Jesus begins his public ministry and moves ever closer toward the reconciliation of all things that will be fully accomplished through his death and resurrection. And all of this, all of this is just a long way of saying that Jesus is baptized for us. Jesus receives this baptism for us and for our salvation. For in baptism, Jesus comes to be even more fully with us, even more fully with us in our need and in our weakness. And I think, I think this then sheds light on our own baptisms. For if Jesus is being baptized so that Jesus can come to be with us, then our own baptisms mean that we get to come to be with Jesus. The Apostle Paul tells us that in baptism, we are baptized into Christ's death and have thus been raised into new life with Christ. In this way, we have become a new creation. We have become members of the body of Christ. Indeed, we have become children of God in a brand new way. When the voice from heaven says of Jesus, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased, well then, that same expression is said of us 
in our own baptisms. In baptism, God says to each of us, says to you, you are my child, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. That is God's word to you in your baptism. You are forgiven. You are welcome. You are loved because you are God's child. But just like Jesus was not baptized for himself, but baptized for you and for me, so too we are not baptized just for ourselves. Yes, in baptism, we are set apart. Yes, something profound and mysterious happens to us. We are indeed a new creation. But that does not mean that we are to be aloof or disengaged. Our status as the baptized does not make us superior to our fellow human beings. We are not the bearers now of a special station that is to be lorded over others. No. For if baptism means coming to be with Jesus, then we must truly come to be with Jesus. We must go where Jesus has gone. We must be with the people that Jesus is with. We must come to be with the neediness and chaos of human lives. We must come to be with others in their suffering and in their pain. We must stand with those who are vulnerable and marginalized. To be baptized is to become free. Free so that we might live no longer for ourselves alone, but for the one who died for us and rose again. Free so that we might live no longer for ourselves alone, but for the one who died for us and rose again. And if we are to live for Christ, then we must live as Christ's followers and disciples. And we do this. We do this by living into the covenant that we made at our baptisms. We do this by proclaiming by word and example the good news of God in Christ. We do this by seeking and serving Christ in all persons and loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. We do this as we strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every, every human being. William Temple, 20th century theologian and Archbishop of Canterbury, once remarked that the church is the only society that exists for the benefit of those who are not its members. I don't know if he's exactly right, but he captures something about the mission of the church. The mission of the church is that we exist for the benefit of those 
where we primarily exist for the benefit of those who are not the members of the church. For we can only be the church as we exist for the sake of others, as we help others and serve others. And in this way, in this way, as we help and as we serve, in this way, we are not just baptized for ourselves, but indeed we are baptized for others and for their sake. To live into this mission, we are given the gift of the Spirit. Just as Jesus received the gift of the Holy Spirit, so too we receive that same Spirit. The same Spirit that emboldened Jesus for ministry and inaugurated his mission is at work in us. The same Spirit that empowered him empowered us. For in baptism, we too receive the gift of the Holy Spirit to enliven us and to help us share our gifts with the world. We have been empowered by that Spirit through our baptisms. And we are not just baptized for ourselves, but we are baptized to be with others and share with others. For we are indeed God's beloved children. And so let us live into that identity in love and in service. Amen.